Well, a big hello to those who are joining us online, or if you're listening on a uh, podcast, it's great to have you uh, as part of the Connect Church family, wherever you are in the world. And if you're ever in our area, do come and visit. We'd love to have you uh, here in one of our services. You know, what I'm going to share today, I pray it will uh, bless you. I pray it will help you, make you think. I mean, I, I certainly... In the last service afterwards, in the break between the services, this is our, if you're not aware, if you're new to church, this is our third service of the, of the day. But in the, the last service between the break after I preached, I had so many people come up and, and say, man, we've been talking about what you've been talking about in your sermon this week at work. And, and multiple people, this is like something that people all over the country have been talking about. So I pray it encourages you and just helps you to think uh, uh, think a little. I think it, it might be a message that might make some uncomfortable. It might make some like go, just shrink down the seats a little. <laughs> I think in the last service, people weren't sure should I like clap at that or not. I don't, uh, I don't know. But, but I've, I, I've entitled my message, What's Changed? What's Changed? You know, growing up, people would say things like, say what you mean and mean what you say. Let's make it clear. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And when I was growing up, things like freedom of speech or freedom of ideas, freedom even, yes, of religion is what helped make nations like ours strong, great, and free. You know, growing up, people, if people felt strongly uh, and, and they, they, they did feel strongly about the importance of an individual's right to speak their mind, to just say it. They would say things, and I don't know whether you've heard this statement, but growing up, I'd hear things like this. I may disagree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. Now, please hear my heart today. I'm not trying to be controversial uh, uh, today. I don't do this kind of thing every week. In fact, it's, it's easier these days for preachers like me just to keep quiet. Don't say anything. Don't, don't speak anything. It's, it's, it's easier to keep quiet, especially today, I think, if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you, you know, just, it's easier to shut up rather than speak up. And, and, and certainly it's easier to just shut up rather than stand up or stand out and say things that maybe will challenge people or cause people to think in a different kind of way. But why is that? What's changed? What's changed? Why would I, even as I was preparing this message, as, you know, as I was putting it together, I was thinking, oh no, should I do that? Should it be? And I'm thinking the very reason I'm feeling like that means I need to speak out. The very reason I'm struggling or going, well, should I really say that? Is, is, became for me the important thing of why I need to speak out. Now, if you've been watching the news lately, you can hardly miss this uh, a rugby player, I think Australia's highest paid rugby player, a sportsman who happened to be a believer, he happened to be a follower of Christ, was asked by someone, just in an Instagram post, he posted something on Instagram, he'd hurt his leg and whatever, and he posted a scripture and some, somewhere in the comments, way, uh, as you know, obviously you get lots of comments, someone asked him a question and he, they asked this, they said, what's God's plan for gay people? What's God's plan for Gay people. 
And he replied, and I don't think with any malice or with any meanness, he, he replied what he felt the scripture, scripture said. If you've been following the news, you would have seen that then all hell broke loose. I mean, the question itself was loaded, right? I mean, it was a, it was a loaded uh, 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 question. I would almost go as far as to say it was a loaded gun. I mean, I mean you touch that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shoot you. The question itself was loaded, he, and he, he didn't know at the time who the person was that was asking the question. You know, was, was the question being asked to create the controversy that followed? We found out later, well, yes, it was. What, 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 what's God's plan for gay people? That sounds like, that, that, that sounds like bait on a hook yeah. to reel you in. God's plan for gay people. Can I just say God's plan, God's heart for all people is that none should perish. 2 Peter 3.9, that's God's heart for all people, that none should perish. John 3.16 tells us one of the, probably the most well-known verse in the the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Gave what? Gave who? His only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, we do need to understand there's a lot in John 3, 16. We, 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 we need to understand that the invitation, Jesus said this, the invitation that Jesus gave in this passage is inclusive. It's, it's to whosoever. Whosoever. That, that's, that, that includes everybody. That's, a, that's an invitation that is inclusive. But the message, however, is exclusive. It's whosoever believes in him. So there's a lot going on in that verse. And so I guess the, the, the question for all of us is, do we believe? Now understand when it's talking about belief, when it's talking about believing, understand it's not just going, oh yeah, I believe in God. Many people will say that. Many people will say, I believe in God. In fact, the Bible even says even the devil believes. It's not talking about mental assent to a set of facts. Okay, it's not talking about that kind of uh, uh, belief. What it's talking about when it talks about belief is not head knowledge information, but heart knowledge transformation. That somehow God has transformed me on the inside. That, that, that suddenly I become aware or I get a revelation. For me, it happened 30 years ago that, that, that I'm a, a sinner in need of God. And, and like Thomas, I, I was like, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. But when he felt the scars in, in Jesus' hand, seeing the resurrected Jesus, he, he bowed down and said, my Lord and my God. It's that type of belief. It's a, it's a revelation that he is my savior. He is who he says he is. The question is, do you believe? Of course, to the, to the world, that they say this is foolishness. The Bible even says this. It's, it's, to the world, this is foolishness, this, this cross, this Jesus. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It, it doesn't make sense. It's foolishness to the world, but to those who are being saved by it. Anybody been saved by it today? Come on. To those who have been saved by it, who've had a revelation of it, it's the power. Everybody say power. 
Come on, say it like a black man now. Power. It's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. You know, when this sports person answered, I mean, he was not pretending to be a theologian. He really was just quoting from, from his understanding of the scriptures. And he, he quoted 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. You probably haven't heard this passage for a while. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. It says, or do you not know? And apparently a lot of people don't know. Or do you not know? Of course, apparently some people don't. And, 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 and we have to think for a moment. This is not something that's new, this verse, okay? This has been in the Bible for just uh, 2,000 years. This wasn't like put in last week or put in just before, hey, we've got a new bit, new verse, add it in. No, this has been around. This should not be a shock to people. This verse has been in the Bible for 2,000 years. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a long time. So it shouldn't have been a shock to people. It says, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. In other words, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. The crowd can say one thing. Other people might say it, but don't be deceived. Neither, this is where it gets stressful, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy. Everybody say long list. We're not finished. Nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's a long list right there. But here's the thing. As you go through that scripture, you can, you can see the scripture is not pointing the finger at those who are gay. It's not just a verse about that. It's a, it's a verse about our human condition. See, this scripture is really talking to all of us. Who's it talking to? All of us. All of us. It's talking to the sinner. And you might ask, well, who's the sinner? Well, according to my Bible, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all in the Greek means all. Everybody. All of us have sinned. Maybe you're a little bit better than the last service. I don't know. A little bit gooder. If that's even a word, it probably isn't. But the reality is all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And these, these verses are addressing all of us. There are other lists, of course, in the Scriptures too. Galatians 5, verse 19 through to 21. And it says the acts of the flesh, talking about our body, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. I don't even know what that means. Idolatry and witchcraft. Put those tarot cards down. Hatred. I mean, just hating people. I mean, I like that. That's like God's going, that's dumb. Don't do it. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Anyone had fit of rage this morning? Yeah, come on. Anyone? I mean, just trying to get to church. Put those clothes on, kids. Fit of rage. It's in the list. Selfish ambition. Anyone ever had a selfish ambition? Lying's a sin too. Come on. So anyone had a selfish ambition? Okay, okay. Uh, dissensions. Just people who cause disunity. 
Bible says God hates it. Factions, envy, drunkenness again, double dip, orgies. I want to tell you people, orgies are out. That was a loud laugh, Reuben. Keep calm. It's my son. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, his crunch will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not even going to read Ephesians 5, verse 5, and there's a whole other list there. Check it out in your own time. You can't wait, I know. But I think as believers, it's very important that we have to be very careful about making one sin worse than another. We have to be very careful about picking one sin out and saying that is way worse than my sin. I'm just a glutton, but you're a... Don't do that. The Bible, the Bible warns us not to do that kind of thing. And understand this too. Sin is just sin. And I, I don't believe that we are sinners because you and I have committed one in particular sin. We did this, and therefore that makes us a sinner. I do not believe that we are sinners because you and I have committed one or more particular act that is sinful. See, I believe that the Bible teaches that we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. In other words, it's in our nature. I've, I, I've taught on this. It's part of our human condition. And, and I've said it with my, with my, own, my own kids that when, they're, when they're growing up. I mean, they, they did not naturally become polite or helpful or want to do it. It's like... Part of their nature, I mean, I never had to say, hey, kids, you're being far too nice. I want to teach you how when you're in the sandpit and somebody has a toy that you want, here's how you strangle someone. They just naturally knew where the neck was. They just naturally, I didn't have to teach them. They knew how to take that toy and make it theirs. They knew how to do it. I didn't have to teach them. It's in them. It's in me. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this. This is speaking about the condition of the heart, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, I know it. I know it. How do I know it? Because of my own actions, because of my own thoughts, because of my own desires, because, because of the stuff that goes through my head. I mean, I'm a, I, and I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. Lord only knows what you guys are going through your head. I mean, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm anointed. Come on. And it's bad enough. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got my wife. If I look too long, look back. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you very much. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I know it. See, the scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 and, and in Galatians 5 really is kicking sand in the face of a lot of people, not just gay people. I mean, it's not just gay people. You should be upset with that scripture. It should be like, 
everybody, all of us here, like, that sucks, that scripture. It's just, I hate it. You know, it's like everyone should be getting upset with the scripture. And the King James Version, like, in other versions, you might be hearing words like sexual immorality and go, I don't even know what that means. I can't be doing it. But King James Version, it breaks it down, baby. It breaks it down. It brings it to a whole nother level. And it uses the words. It says, fornicators. Whoa, that's an awkward word. Awkward word. Fornicators, men and women, what's that? Having sex outside of marriage. We live in a hookup culture, casual sex. Go, yeah, whatever. You look good. I look good. Let's do it, baby. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit just left the building. He just gone. I'm preaching way better than I did in the other service, I'm telling you. Come on. Adulterers. What does that mean? That means men and women who are married and having sex with people who aren't the person they're married to. Like, don't do it. Why? Not because God wants to be mean to you. and you know, it's, it's because God realizes when we do that type of stuff, it hurts. Andrew's left already. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sorry. It's too much. It's like I can only handle the sermon once. Would you give it up for Andrew for all the work he does making serious yeah. him? Come on. Adulterous. People who drink too much. Drunkards. Do you go get drunk? I'm talking to you. Thieves. Ever stolen anything? I see that hand. I said, no. <laughs> Thieves. I mean, jeez. Greedy people, greedy people. Ever been greedy? Oh, sausage sizzle looks like it's running out. Oh, Fabian's in there. Oh, oh, oh. No, he, no. But here's the thing I bit him to the sausages and, and then I, I ate it. I was trying to save you there. But, uh, greedy. <laughs> Don't have to justify it. Have you ever gossiped? You ever gossiped? You ever gossiped? You ever talked about somebody you shouldn't be talking? Well, I just want to tell you something. Pray about it. <laughs> I'll say, don't do it. This, 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 man, these, these verses cover all of us. No one gets out of here. Well, yeah, I hope you do get out of here alive, but... But no one gets out of here without somehow this passage touching. It's not pointing the finger. And again, if we, we point the finger at once, and there's always three pointing back at us. Come on. Got to be careful about pointing the foot the speck in our brother's eye when, 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 when we've got a log in our own. So the scripture is not trying to be mean to people. And don't get mad with me. I, I, I didn't write it. Don't shoot the messenger. But the point of this passage in Corinthians is to really describe how we, as a people, have encountered God in our lives and the fact that He has changed us from the inside out. So I love what a friend of mine who is a well-known speaker in New Zealand, he gave his life to Christ in the process his testimony when he was transitioning into becoming a 
a woman. He was having a sex change operation and he said this, he said, my need as a gay man was not a woman. My need as a gay man was not a woman. I, it's not like, hey, come on, straighten up, get yourself a girl. No, he's not like, my need is not a woman. My need is a savior. My need is a God who can, can redeem me, who can, who, who can uh, call me by name. That's what my, my need is, not a partner of the opposite sex. And so as we go through this, the, this passage in, in Corinthians, it's just to make us aware of, as human beings, we need God. We need God. In fact, that scripture in Corinthians 6 goes on to say, the very next verse after that, that long list, it goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It says, and that is what some of you were. And that's the truth. If I was to go around the room, some of this, some of this would be your testimony. Yes, I live like this. I live like that. I did this. I did that. He's like, and that's what some of you were. Who are we to judge anyone else? But then it says, but you were washed. Come on, somebody. You thankful that God washed you and cleansed you. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What this passage is doing is reminding us how good God is. His power is at work in our lives. And of course, when we read Corinthians, we've got to understand this isn't a law. This was a letter written to some churches. This was a letter. about And, and, and Paul, in this letter, in 1 Corinthians 4.14, he tells us the, the, the heart of his, his heart when writing it. He said, I am writing this not. Everybody say not. I am writing this not to shame you. This is not to go, ah, oh, see what you're doing, and you're just such a bad person, and you do, you're this and you're that. I'm not writing this, Paul is saying, to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. It's meant to be like a dad talking to his kids. That's the heart behind it, no matter how people twist it. It's reminding us that we're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That he who knew no sin became sin for me. That I might become the righteousness of God. That I can know freedom. Because he who the sun sets free. Come on somebody. It's free indeed. And if I would give my life over and sit under the cross. It has the power to transform my, my life. That's what it's meaning. But here's the thing. That, that sports person was just giving his personal opinion. He was just giving his personal opinion. He said what he means and he means what he say. And, and, and because he, he said that, there were calls for him to be fired, to resign. There were, there were threats to pull sponsorship from the entire Wallabies team. I mean, how many know they need all the sponsorship they can get? Come on, somebody. I mean, somebody's got to help them. But they threatened to pull sponsorship. Rugby Australia, in one of the headlines, <coughs> said this. It was just like a major headline. Rugby Australia to grill. Throw him on the barbie. To grill Israel Folau over homophobic remark. The chief executive of Qantas, Alan Joyce, who is openly gay, said he was deeply offended by the sportsman's post and threatened to withdraw the airline's sponsorship of Rugby Australia. And I'm like, you kidding? 
Are you kidding? When a Christian quotes a verse that has been in a book for anyone to read for more than 2,000 years, and now not only his livelihood is at stake, but those of his employers is now at stake also. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Just because he voiced something out of a book that anybody else can read? Just because he voiced something that someone else didn't like or that someone else was offended by? His job is at stake? His livelihood, his team's livelihood is at stake? You know, I, I want to, and as I was thinking about this, I, this question popped into my head. Are Christians being forced into the closet of silence that others have had the freedom to walk out of? Are we being forced into the closet that other people have had the freedom to walk out of? Because I want to say, my, my friend, I, I think I can say this with genuine, a genuine heart. I am not homophobic. But I want to tell you, I am getting claustrophobic. And that I'm feeling, as a Christian, I can't say what I want to say, or I can't speak, that somehow it's like, shut up. Keep your mouth shut, follower of Christ. Get into that closet. When, 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 when people, I, I've had people, look, we don't know what to say. Oh, I, I was talking to pastors up in a conference in Auckland. Oh, I, I just said, look, I'm just feeling that I'm going to share, share this. And they were like, man, oh, we, we just wouldn't go there. I was like, well, that's, the, that's the problem. When we live in a nation where people just won't, and now we, we, we're too scared to speak. We're too, too scared to say for, 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 for being labeled a bigot or a racist or a, or a whatever. What has the country come to when you can't say what you feel or what you think? Someone wrote in an article about the Qantas wanting to pull sponsorship. They said this is kind of interesting, though, that the Qantas director sensitivities did not prevent him from consuming a commercial, consummating, sorry, a commercial relationship between Qantas and Emirates, an airline owned by an Islamic country that imprisons homosexuals. No problem there. No pulling sponsorship there. You don't have to play the keyboard, Antoinette, because it probably doesn't suit. <laughs> What we're going to say. Just hold off. I'll tell you when to play. Bit of a double standard there. So what's changed? What's changed? Because God hasn't. However, says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't. He hasn't changed. So what has changed? The world has changed. The way people view things has changed. People say when you don't believe in God, when you remove God from the equation, it's not that you believe in nothing, you believe in everything. It's changed. Our society's changed. You know, when a government starts to tell you how to think, what to believe, who you have to do business with, that's scary. When a person's livelihood is at stake because they won't bake a particular cake. When an organization's charitable status is threatened because they don't 
toe the PC government line. I mean, this is happening right now in New Zealand. I mean, the, the, this is NZ, not NK. This is, this is New Zealand, not North Korea. I mean, in North Korea, they, they tell you what type of haircut you have to have. I mean, we're a nation where we value freedom. We value it. We had our Chinese people around for dinner last night. All those who are Chinese in the church, we invited them to come around and we gave them Indian. (laughs) So it was nice. As I was talking to one of them, they shared their testimony of their appearance in China. His mother was a pastor, and the police called her, her in. She just disappeared. It was like, where is she? She's just gone. And she'd be taken to a police station for a few days, questioned and locked up just because she's a believer. She was told during that time, you can deny your faith, and then you can just move on. We'll let you go. Or we're going to keep a register of you. We want you to give us permission now to give us a thing, and we're going to follow you, and we're going to see you, make sure you, if you do anything, we don't want you to do. We as a government want you to do. We're going to come after you. That's scary. When a government starts to tell you how to think, right now there's a law in California being pushed through, trying to be pushed through that will, will ban books like the Bible because it's like hate speech. Or I mean, this is a scary day that we're living. When a government can tell you how you should think, how you should live, what you should do, how you should process stuff, it's a scary day. What's changed? Well, the world's changed. Dave Rubin, who's a gay political commenter or commentator, he's also a comedian, he puts it like this. We're talking about this whole issue in a video, a small video called Why I Left the Left. Why I Left the left. He said, I'm a married gay man. So you might think that I appreciate the government forcing a Christian baker or photographer or a florist to act against their religion in order to cater, photograph, or decorate my wedding. But you're wrong. A government that can force Christians to violate their conscience can force me to violate mine. If a baker won't bake a cake, find another baker. Don't demand that the state tell him what to do with his own private business. He goes on to say, I'm pro-choice. But a government that can force a group of Catholic nuns, literally called the Little Sisters of the Poor, to violate their faith and pay for an abortion-inducing birth control can force anyone to do anything. He says, that is not progressive, that is regressive. Today's progressivism has become a false moral movement, hurling charges of racism, bigotry, xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, and a slew of other meaningless buzzwords at anyone they disagree with. Then he says this, the battle of ideas has been replaced by the battle of feelings. It's all about how you feel. And outrage has replaced honesty. Diversity reigns Supreme, as long as it's not that pesky diversity of thought. This isn't a recipe for a free society. It's a recipe for an authoritarianism society. And of course, he's speaking about the 
essay, but hey, New Zealand follows suit. That's what's changed. Greg Lukanoff, president of an organization that protects free speech. He said, a generation has been, is being raised, and I think this is true even in New Zealand. And young people hear me. A generation is being raised not to believe in freedom of speech, but rather that they should have freedom from speech. Freedom from speech they dislike. Freedom from speech they don't agree with. Freedom from speech that's not PC, that's not politically correct. See, it's not about what you as an individual think. It's all about groupthink now. What does everybody think? We're not worried what you as an individual think. What does every, what, what, what does the group think? Greg says this, the newest threat to speech comes from so-called trigger warnings, alerts that warn students that they are about to read or hear something that triggers a negative emotional response. Recently, a college in the U.S. attempted to institute a policy that heavily encouraged the teachers to avoid difficult topics. Yep, see, it upset them in the kitchen as well. And employ trigger warnings as a means of making classrooms safer. So listen, safety has been watered down to essentially mean the right to always feel comfortable. Now, I'm sure in this message, maybe some have been feeling <laughs> uncomfortable. But it's okay. I, I, I think, it, you know, it's that, that, that thing, toughen up, snowflake. We do need to be able to speak what we believe and believe what we, we speak. So students are now encouraged to scrutinize speech for microaggressions. Any statement that might be construed as racially insensitive, classist, sexist, or otherwise un-PC. In other words, it's clear they're teaching students to police what they say. They're teaching students to police what they think. You can only think like this. That's why you can watch many videos on YouTube. They're not hard to find where they go on the university campuses in America and they say stuff like this. If I was to say to you that I was a six-foot-five black Chinese woman, would you have a problem with that? And, he, and, and instead of people saying, like, back in my day, it's like, are you, being, are you fooling me or what? You're joking? That's crazy. People can't say that these days. They won't say it. You, they get, they, and people say, well, we just want to we we be different. Every, they're not being different. They're all saying the same thing. They're just saying, well, if that's how you identify, that's okay. As long as you don't hurt anybody else, if you want to be a tall black Chinese woman, that, 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 that's fine. The fact that you're a little short white guy is, has nothing to, to do with it. But isn't it crazy that, that, that now because everyone's so afraid of what every, the group thinks. This is what the, what, this is what the group thinks. Oh, I hope I'm making you think a little bit today. Well, if that's how you identify, I'm okay with that. But, and it's amazing to me that no one will go, but you're not actually that. And people say, well, I, I just don't want to hurt anyone. And I, I get it. I understand. Who, who wants to hurt people? Who wants to hurt people? That's why even just preaching this message, I was like, oh, I don't want to hurt people.
But that's what they're being taught. Universities used to celebrate the freedom of ideas, the freedom of thought. But now it's about groupthink. And now, of course, if someone feels that way, if they feel they're, that's who they, who they are, I guess they're in our society, they're free to think that. And they are free to think that as long as your freedom does not then impose on my freedom to disagree with you. Because the minute your freedom is like, well, I, I, I don't want you to hurt me, so you've got to say that. But, but, but if you're forcing me to believe that, then I, I'm getting hurt. Because you're forcing me to go against my values, against my common sense, against my, the things that I, I'm feeling. See, see, tolerance, you've got to understand about tolerance. Tolerance is not, you support my, you know, I'll accept you if you support my view. It's not. That, that, that's not tolerance. Uh, it's tolerance, true tolerance, true diversity is the ability for all of us to have the free thinking of ideas. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you very much. All of us have that freedom. I, I need to have that freedom to disagree with you, even if it offends you, even if it hurts you. Because for me to be forced to accept your thing as a reality hurts me, impinges on my freedoms. And so if we're going to have true diversity, then it has to be for all people. See, our society needs the freedom of speech, not freedom from speech. Freedom of thought, freedom of ideas, the ability to say what you mean and mean what you say without somebody getting offended. See, most of us live in Western democracies. We, we think of that as a basic human right. I mean, I, I stood at two Anzac parades on Wednesday where, where, where they stood up and people gave speeches, rousing uh, 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 speeches about the freedom and how men fought and, and died for this freedom that we, we have. And I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. The freedom for you to say what you want to say, to dream what you want to dream, to believe for what you want to be, be for. I have a dream. Oh, come on, I'm going to do my Martin Luther. No. I mean, they died so we could have this freedom. I pray one day that a man will not be judged by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. I have a dream. That's the freedom that we, we fought for. People died for. I want to tell you, it's under threat if we're not careful. If you're feeling in your workplace, I, I know people have someone said to me, I've had people say, you know, it's easier to be gay in my workplace than a Christian. I can't even say it. I can't even tell people. What? It's crazy, isn't it? When Christians are feeling nervous about saying the fact that I, I follow Christ. Now, you might be here today. You might disagree with everything I've said. You might disagree with my stand. You might disagree with my faith. You might disagree with what I believe. But here's the thing. I'm fine with that. See, that's the incredible beauty of freedom. The freedom, of course, is the ability to agree and the ability to disagree. That's the beauty of freedom, to accept or reject. That's the freedom we're talking about today. Don't let anything 
impinge on your freedom. Freedom to accept. Freedom to reject. Antoinette, play something nice. <laughs> Just relax, everybody, right now. Deep breath. That's why Christ gives you an invitation. He gives you an invitation to accept, but you can also reject. The Bible talks about the fact that he died on a cross so that we can know freedom. He paid our penalty. He died our death so we could live his life. Do you know him today? The invitation that we gave out in John 3.16, Come, whosoever, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you need to get right with God today? God won't force you. That's the beauty of the freedom that he's given us. He won't force you. The Bible just says he knocks on the door of our heart. And if we would open that door, he will come in. Are you here today and you know you need to get right with God? Are you here today and as I'm speaking, you know, man, that's me. Part That preacher's talking to him. He's every my file. Well, I don't know anything about you, but God does. I don't know anything about your situation, but God does. You might be going, well, how can how could God love a person like me here? Yeah. Maybe even some of those things on the list, you went, that's me. The list is not to shame you or frame you. It's to make us aware of our need for God. Do you need God today? With every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium, no one getting up, no one moving around. Just don't want to give this up a moment. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know you need to accept that invitation. You can sense even now the knocking on the door of your heart. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, and you're saying, that's me, Pastor, I need to get right with God, would you, can I join you in that prayer? If that's, if that's you and you're saying, man, I, I, I need to get right with God, could you put your hand up today and say, that's me, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Today. I don't want to move on or move past without people just having an opportunity. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to all pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me cleanse me, free me. Do not just be my Savior, but be my Lord. Lead my life. I give it to you this day. I pray in Jesus' name.